Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, hi there, you and you and you and you and you and the, well, there's quite a few of you now who listen to this podcast, Is It Just Me, every week. I'm your host, Joe Elvin, well, one of your hosts. And who's the other one? Oh, that's me. Hello, yeah. I'm Jane. We are sharing a mic today because, did you did you get that? Say it again. <laughs> yeah, I barely got that in. Yeah, I know. This, is, this technique's not going well already. Well, you know what it is? It's because we've got our first couple on the podcast yes, today. Indeed. It's really, really exciting. Both megastars in their own right and they've come together to make the most powerful union since, oh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, Cannon and Ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, of course, we're talking about uh, former England rugby captain, Mr. Chris Robshaw and classical singing superstar, recording artist extraordinaire, Camilla Kozlake. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. And that's Come on, guys, after that intro, you're like, yeah, excitement. A brilliant intro. We've never been mentioned in the same sentence as Jay Z and Beyonce no, before. I don't so. think so either. Own it, just own it, guys. No, but we're British. Stiff up alert. We can't really take that. Hotter, compliments. though. So much hotter. Do you know what? I will take that as well. Better dance moves as well. To be fair, I think you're definitely hotter than Jay Z, Chris. <laughs> Do you know who's not hotter than Beyonce, me? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> But we must quickly say, this is so cute. You've actually rather sweetly decided to spend essentially your first wedding anniversary with us. Yay. <laughs> He's just cheap. He just didn't want to pay for it. Uh, yeah. Are the celebrations getting any better than this? I hope so. This is literally the pinnacle of our week. It's the really like pinnacle is. of our year. Well, the first gift is paper, right? Not podcast. Agreed. <laughs> yes. But in, in all seriousness, though, it, that, that's a, a cute milestone. Obviously, we, you can't give away too many surprises, I'm guessing. But, um, but you've been together a while. Longer. Been, yeah, about eight years. Eight, eight and a half, half years, years I should say. Wow. Oh, well done. But I you, didn't think he was going to get that right. You got married after six years together. And so, did, and so half, did I. Yeah. Did you think, because I didn't find that particularly, I don't know. It was just like next day business as usual in a nice way. But it was like, I don't know. Cause yeah, we were nice that we kind of knew each other and stuff. And yeah. it's not like the old days where you didn't live together and you didn't own a house or whatever together. Whereas now, like you said, you just go home again. I know. When you have a massive celebrations yeah. and stuff and it's the same and life goes on. And I remember we, we had a, a night in a hotel in London because we got married in London. And then the next day, 
my first day as a, as a newlywed, I walked into my small Wandsworth flat and there was about 25 of mine and his family all sitting around chowing down on bacon sandwiches and the whole house was thick with grease and smoke. And I remember thinking, Ugh, this is not the honeymoon I imagined. And you went, you went straight back to work, didn't you? The Monday after the wedding. Yeah, I had a job for the uh, British Red Cross. And so we, we got married on the Friday. On Saturday, we had a big pool party. On Sunday, we sort of had a brunchy thing and we flew back home. And yeah, Monday night, I was, it's the most hungover I've ever been. I was on, I was on a four-day hangover. <laughs> and I was singing like these Bizet classics at this very swanky do at the Savoy. Definitely not my best work. Really glad that one didn't get televised. But before you guys met, how familiar were you with each other's worlds? So obviously rugby, classical music. Were you a big... I mean, things, this is another question I've got for you, Camilla. So you've basically got a Welsh mum, mm-hmm. a Kiwi dad, yeah. and you're married to an England rugby player. Yeah. That must make life really awkward when it comes to international rugby. Right, Chris? I won the movie just And everything that. else. Yeah. <laughs> but who do you support? Well, initially, I was singing sort of the anthems for England and New Zealand whenever they came over. Obviously not Wales, because you can't do England and Wales. That's... Treasonous. But, uh, but Chris was playing for Harlequins, so he wasn't playing for England at the time. So initially, everyone was really impressed with me. They were like, oh, well done, good girl, yeah. And then he got the England call up, and I did stop hearing from all of the Welsh side of my family and all of the New Zealand side of my family for about six months. I had to, well, you won them over, didn't you? You went over. Gave them a little bit of kit here and there, and yeah. then that kind of keeps them sweet. Played with the kids. He ingratiated himself, got him, got himself right back in there. They'd probably just talk about you behind your back. I'm sure they do. <laughs> so what can you tell me about um, rugby, Chris? <laughs> you should know a little bit, being an Australian. <laughs> yeah, but I don't tan and I can't throw a ball. So I was asked to leave Australia some years ago. Well, that's why I There was a meeting. Zealand, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're quite pale as well. So pale. They don't like that, do no, they? they don't. Yeah. No. Mm. Are you good at sport? No. No, me either. No. Uh, what I lack in I've, talent, I make up for in enthusiasm. We're working on you catching over now and then. I just say, think quick. He just flings just, stuff at me. Yeah. <laughs> Keep on her toes. Yeah. Not great. How many broken noses have you suffered in the course of that? Well, me, none, but Chris too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and obviously, Chris, you're, you're back in training soon, right? Is that right? A couple of weeks' time, yeah. yeah. So, so now at the moment, just trying to enjoy the off-season, play a lot of golf. Go on holiday. We just went to Croatia, which was oh, amazing. Lovely. Our first time down there. Um, I've got a trip to Ireland with a friend of mine. We're staying in a small boat and playing golf. Is that on your wedding anniversary? <laughs> Slightly <laughs> after, unfortunately. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to Ibiza with some of the boys. Oh, for nice. so that should be, uh, <laughs> oh one, dear. One blowout before the season starts again, I think. Is it? A, does it get shorter, your off, the off-season? Because it used to be longer, right? It's, no, it's actually gone the other way around. Really? Like, legally now, we have to have five weeks, whereas when I first started... You're only given kind of two, three weeks and then you're straight back into it. Whereas now our player union and all that's fought our corner so that mentally you get the right break. So this year as well, because it's a later season next year, I've had about seven weeks in total. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, the longest I've ever had. And um, obviously it's become, because I was talking to somebody the other day actually about this because um, somebody I know was talking about trying to get to take up rugby in his like late 30s. And everyone said, don't do that because it's a, it's a really hard sport, isn't it? But... I mean, what in terms of how much longer do you think you're, you're going to want to keep playing? I mean, obviously, you're still very fit, clearly. Yeah, I, I think guys now probably don't play as long because the game's getting a lot more physical, a lot more intense and stuff, where guys probably play to mid-30s at the latest. Mm. Whereas five, 10 years ago, guys were getting towards that 40 bracket. Whereas I think you're getting a lot of guys, 18, 21-year-olds, playing premiership, playing international rugby. 
So therefore, you're trying to keep up with these guys. Mm. Um, so I think if you can play to mid 30s, you've had a good career. Yeah. But when you say it's gotten more physical, how is that even possible? Because I remember when I was a kid, my family and Sydney's a huge rugby league town. And it's not dissimilar in, in how much of a contact sport it is. And it's always been really rough. How Has it really gotten rougher? Yeah, I think the, the shape of the guys has changed. Forwards are probably the same weight, but they're a lot leaner. They're a lot more muscular. Whereas backs, they're probably an extra couple of stone heavier than they used to be. Yeah, but I guess because it's, it's well, when it turned professional, was it? Because basically back in the 70s, rugby players were... Bit like dark players, weren't they? <laughs> they were a bit like, yeah. Well, they were enjoying it, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, internationals, they would go out, this is a long time ago now, they would go out the night before with the opposition, stay out till, I don't know, three, four in the morning, and then go play against them, and then go out again after. Yeah. It was just kind of normality, but that's 30, 40 years ago now. But it is also, it is weird, because I, I actually watched um, Wayne Bridge on SAS recently, yeah. oh, and so it was great, wasn't it? Was great. it? But it was actually heartbreaking, because I've never thought about this before, because you, you tend to think of professional athletes, oh, they've got the best of the world, you know, they make a lot of money, especially footballers, you think, oh, you know, they've got an amazing lifestyle, but I'd never really thought about mentally what that does to you, when essentially you're told at the age of 35, 36, your career's over, oh, your career as you know it is now over and you've got to totally start all over again. Is, I mean, obviously, <laughs> without getting too down about it, Chris, yeah. is that something that you have thought about? Because yeah, hugely. And, and I think, like you're right there, a lot of people see professional players, athletes, whatever it be, on the weekend when they're playing and they don't see them again a week and then they see them again and they don't know those kind of bits in the middle. And like you said, you get to early to mid-30s, some guys unfortunately retire a bit earlier mid-twenties, all of a sudden, your whole life has been geared up to that. And then you've got to find something else to do. Now we have someone at the club whose role is to get you out there and try and encourage you to do off-field things, whether that's younger guys doing university degrees, the older guys doing work experience and all that stuff. Um, but then, so say I go to him and say, I want to go into the hospitality world. He'll make all the contacts and put you in the right place. But then it's still down to you to go in there once a week and really commit to it. And I think that's that's the hardest thing is actually committing to it and actually being like, every week I'm going to do this. But yeah, that's something this year in particular, I've got to start to look at what I'm going to do next, what the next phase of my life is. I could be sat with you. We could have three on the podcast. How's that? <laughs> oh, he's trying to get a new job. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for substitutes. Always. <laughs> do, do you know what I think the hardest thing is? And I think what a lot of people don't realise is, um, say, you know, you have gone to the, you know, the, the jobs guy who's helping you out with all that kind of stuff even if you're doing a job that you absolutely love, you know, at the moment the boys run out and there's 82,000 people screaming their names. And I think what a lot of people like worry about afterwards is that there's, it's quite, it's so difficult to recapture that. How are you, how are you supposed to be able to recapture that level of adrenaline and that level of intensity and everything? And I think sort of, especially people at like Wayne Bridges level, I mean, that kind of that kind of thing it's almost it's almost impossible to recapture mm. and I think it's like a mental adjustment and realising that other things are important other things in, in life can bring you mm. I guess it's like the yeah. same amount of joy but not the exact same feeling it's like balance I suppose it's like having other things in your, it can't, your life can't just be one part or one focus can it and I guess yeah, it's finding much. that you balance you've got to mix it all up and even when you're playing it can't just be rugby you need to have in, other interests whether it's family or or friends, hobbies, someone flies a plane or whatever it be. And I went and met Tony Adams, actually, the old England and Arsenal football captain. And I was, again, having a similar situation in a conversation with him. And he was saying, I was like, I do a little bit of this, a bit of that, but I don't do anything properly. I don't think, do I, I don't do anything which I feel I could take to the next level. And he's like, that's the issue. You're similar to what Camilla said here. You're always trying to compare it to rugby, to playing in front of 80,000 people, 15,000 people. 
you, you've got to just admit that that was a brilliant chapter of your life, but unfortunately that chapter's over. And I think once you can deal with that and move forward, then you can kind of move on with the next chapter and the next phase of your life. But it takes guys uh, a huge amount of different stages to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. There are some guys who can flick a switch and go, sh- they finish playing rugby on the Saturday, on the Monday they're in a job and they're so fine. There's a lot of guys who suffer, a lot of guys get depressed um, and take a long time to find that next career path. I would be super shocked if you didn't have a world of amazing opportunities waiting for you at that phase. I would be absolutely shocked. I think you've got it all going for you. I, I hope so. I've, I've been pretty busy myself. I've got a couple of business interests I'm involved with, so hopefully they'll help kind of guide me. Yeah. And like I said, throughout this year, it's about giving something up and actually finding, I think, what you don't want to do, but actually what you do want to do and having that passion, having that excitement to go out there and whether it's make a difference in a workplace or whatever it be. And talking of passions and moving seamless back to you, Camilla. <laughs> Um, you know, tell us a bit, or tell everyone that's listening, because you just spoke, to, obviously, off air, but you know, you've had quite an enlightening six to nine months period in your life, right? Yeah, so I, I got my first record deal. Uh, Gary Barlow signed me to Universal when I was a teenager, and it was one of those things, you know, I spent the first few years of my life in a council house, and, you know, there were periods of my life where we couldn't really afford to even eat. You know, I was getting my school uniform out of, uh, you know, secondhand lost and found kind of bins. And you can imagine how horrendous that is when you're a teenager. Um, and then all of a sudden to get signed and be singing for royal families over the world, it was definitely a mental adjustment like we were just talking about. Um, but I mean, crossover in classical is, has been absolutely incredible. And it's it's been such a blessing to have done it for as long as I have done it, you know, and to have been on the front cover of You magazine and all those kind of things has been absolutely crazy, really. But um I, I sort of about this time last year, I decided that I wanted to sort of go back to school actually and retrain because, you know, I was at university when, when I got signed. So I never finished. I'm a dropout. I'm a dropout. Oh, good. All We're the best people are. Antipodeans and dropouts. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Fair, Chris is a dropout Haven't we well, done well? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I decided I'd go back to music college and do a master's degree in sort of German, Italian and uh, French opera. And I've been trying to do it alongside my job which has been interesting. Mm. Well, I was saying, you know, I'm sat here today and I'm wearing flats and I've got a rucksack. And time was I would never have come to, you know, Derry Street with all the glamorous journalists without wearing stilettos and a designer handbag. So times definitely change, hashtag roll with them. But uh, it's been it's been really amazing. It's been really challenging. Um, um, and um, I've actually loved it. And what's the sort of ultimate end goal then, do you think, for you now? Where do you sort of see your career going from here? So I'm in the studio um, and I'm for the first time in a few years actually, and I'm making the record that I've wanted to make for 10 years. Everyone is always looking for this way to make opera mainstream again, you know, to, to take it out of the sort of upper echelons and just have, you know, people on the street listening to it on their, you know, Sonos's or, you know, having it on shuffle play on Spotify. And that's, I mean, everyone we've played it to is, has, the demos to is, has really got it. Mm. You know, I think because I didn't come up from an opera background, you know, I was, I didn't grow up listening to it at all. I didn't realize, I didn't even listen to any opera until I realized I could potentially sing it. So it's almost, I've almost been educating myself um, this last year as well, going to as many things as I possibly could whilst trying to apply the music that I was listening to growing up, like cool, like underground, like London music. So it's kind of almost like an opera trap mashup. Which sounds crazy. But well, that's groundbreaking. I mean, I've not heard that one before. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty unusual, but you know, it's getting a really great response. So, I mean, in the studio doing that, but 
the end goal would obviously be, you know, to do an amazing role at the Royal Opera House or something. That's every opera singer's goal. Yeah. But uh, I think that would be a few years ago, a few years away. I think most people tend to make their sort of Royal Opera House debuts in their sort of mid-30s. So I've got a while. But what's interesting, I think, about you as a couple, you're, you clearly are very disciplined as individuals because, you know, what you've both done with your careers does take you know, essentially the same discipline, just in very different ways right because you, know, you have to be very careful and very you know in terms of training your voice and likewise with all your nutrition so uh, did, you, did you meet did you did you meet instantly and feel like you're quite, you were quite kindred spirits yeah I think we had that that respect for each other straight away in terms of what it took and the sacrifices and uh, the dedication in terms of that and I think uh, people often assume with Camilla in particular what do you mean she trains and all this kind of stuff do you not just sing I think people from the outside world have that kind of perception of singers. Behind the scenes, 2%. Whereas they don't realise how kind of hard they work, similar to us when we train. They kind of see you on the weekend, but they don't see how hard you're working in the week. Um, so no, we had that ultimate respect for each other and kind of grew from that. I think as well, we always understood that particularly Chris's career really does have an end date. And Poor Chris is going to lose the will after oh this. <laughs> oh, wow. It's all coming out now, huh? <laughs> But I, I think we were I'm both very short staff this week, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get him I do need work experience. I'll tell <laughs> I do this. Bring him in. Yeah. It'd be good for the girls. <laughs> you did, you They'd get nothing done, though. <laughs> yeah, you did notice that. <laughs> um, but, but, but no, I think, I think we, we definitely gave each other space. Like, for example, I remember there was a year, I think it was 2016, when I was on tour and Chris was on tour with England. So when Chris is with England, it's typically about six months a year on and off. He'll be away. But I was on tour as well, and I was away for about eight months. And they didn't overlap, so we literally spent eight months apart from each other. And, you know, previous relationships that I've had, you know, I've been going out with, you know, a student or something or someone that just sort of works in accounting or something, and they just don't get it. They don't get that you have to, you get up, you have your breakfast, and then you practice for two or three hours every single day. And you have to do that, you know, six days a week, or you just don't progress. And also, like with Chris, I think... You know, a lot of the other girls who are with players maybe don't quite understand the fact that he has to be in bed at 10 every night because he doesn't need eight hours sleep. He actually needs 10. And, you know, and, and that really struggle when they go away for such a long time. And I think, I think what, what makes us work is, is the space we've given each other, the mutual respect that we have for the fact that both of us are always going to go above and beyond to, to get to that next point because basically if you don't do it you won't progress yeah you know you'll or you, you won't achieve you won't be extraordinary like you know yeah. i think chris is oh so romance is alive and well on their first anniversary i mean it's all right <laughs> um, well well done guys honestly and uh we look forward to hearing the new music camilla that sounds very exciting uh and chris good luck with them when you get back in training uh, but uh, hopefully you're now ready to get down to the main business of this podcast. It's serious. It is. Serious? It's very serious. Yeah. I don't think you're ready. <laughs> Do you know all what? that training, all that preparation. I'm going to take my shoes off. Okay, I've taken my shoes off. You now can... she's ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Crossing my ready. legs. I've yeah. got my water. Yeah. Let's do it. Keep your clothes on though, yeah? Okay. Mm. yeah. Chris, you don't have to keep yeah. your <laughs> Right, first up then, this week. Um... Guys, is it just me? And I know I've got a bit of a... a I, I think I've got a problem with this one, but <laughs> I'm just going to say, is it just me that gets really, really pissed off when <laughs> you meet people that you've basically met quite a few times? And I'm not saying that in passing, like literally, you've been introduced. I, For example, there was somebody the other week who I've spent a night with at the pub. There were three of us. No, sorry, sorry there was me and three others, and he was one of four people, essentially, for three hours, right? 
I've then met him four times after that and without fail every time my mutual friend <laughs> says to him you know James don't you which is basically your intro to say just say yes yeah. just say yeah even if you are basically totally stupid <laughs> made a good impression then yeah exactly Nasty. so basically <laughs> basically I, I get really angry so it, it, is it am I just totally forgettable or am I alone in feeling there's something slightly not I, that person's not wired up correctly where do we stand in this no, one see I reckon there's too much to remember. There, there is so much to remember <laughs> in the world in general. But I reckon if someone said to me, you remember Joe, even if I didn't have a fucking clue who Joe was, I'd be like, Joe! Because I've got good manners. So I feel like that person that's has bad I, manners. That's what I think it is. No, but aren't you maybe scared that... Maybe he threatened by you. Oh, maybe he does. Yeah. Do you think? You're trying to take raw, his friend away. Your raw mask. But if you power. went, if, if you said, yes, of course I remember Joe, and then... I wouldn't say Would like you that. not be like 90 seconds later just living in terror that you'll have forgotten some massive detail that just completely exposes the fact that you haven't got an effing clue who I am. Do you know what? I've been on the stage <laughs> for 10 years. I know how to wing it. <laughs> I know how to wing it. Like, I mean, I've done shows with my dress not done up. I've done shows where I've nearly got knocked out by scenery, so I feel like I'd be okay. I had the most horrifying tube journey once with a woman who um, I had clearly met before because she approached me on the tube and said, oh, you know, how are you, blah, blah, blah. I knew I knew her in a work context, but I could not place her. And I spent a 25-minute train journey going, so how's things at the office? <laughs> and like just asking leading questions and nothing, nothing oh. clued my stupid brain in. What about after, did you walk away and think yeah, that uh, Yeah, like about an hour later I went, oh God, I know. And I kind of wanted to phone her and go, I know you, but you know, <laughs> Jillarine, but yes, I remember now. See, I call, that the, I call it the flipper chart panic. You know, when you meet someone and you know, you know them, you know the face. And I just, that kind of, you just going, there's literally in my head going, who is this person? Who is this person? And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I've got some weird like photographic memory or whatever. I, I do forget people too. Uh, but I remember the top tip I was always given is never say nice to meet you. Always say nice to see you. That's why I always do. I always, I'm good to see you. How nice you? to see you. Because then that person never feels like they've essentially been forgotten. Because I guess what I'm basically saying here is my ego is fragile. <laughs> and the idea of being totally forgettable is really a hard pill to swallow. What about when you see kind of people for the first time? Do you remember their names? Because I always say, oh, hi, nice, nice to meet you when you actually do. And you try to remember their name and it just goes... Well, apparently the trick again is if you say that person's name yeah. four or five times in quick succession, it should stick, apparently. But I don't like it when people do that to me. You can tell they're doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean, Camilla? When they meet someone, Camilla, and then they say your name 50 times, Camilla, and you just think, yeah, I know what you're doing. Stop it. Sounds a bit strange. Yeah. Well. I appreciate the effort. I'm oh, sorry. We're, James and I are sharing a mic today. It's I'm not going it. so like well. And, um, yeah, but the other thing I do, I've got a bit of a code with my husband and I must sort of like widen this out. I'll say to him now, if I don't introduce you to this person within... 20 seconds you have to jump in and say hi I'm Ross because that's your code that I know I know this person but I cannot remember their name well can I also just this is going to make me sound so sad now I kind of automatically assume people are going to forget me anyway oh. well no that, that's not me I just think because especially I think it's in the line of work we do no honestly let's be honest we work in an industry whereby we are meeting people all the time whether it's interviewing people for 10 minutes or you're going to a party and you're doing that awful thing called working the room or whatever you know, yeah. but, you, know you work in events or you, you're going to things for work so I totally get it we are all bombarded with different faces names I don't expect people to remember us all the time so what I'm saying is I already walk 
walk into a situation almost ready to remind someone of what my, my name is. This guy doesn't even give me enough time. Like, literally. He sounds like a dick. <laughs> Thank you, Camilla. That's all, I, all association with this person. I, that's what I'm beginning to feel. Well, this is what basically happened. The last time I'd had one drink too many, and when he actually said no, I actually went, I fucking met you loads of times. Fuck off. Uh, so, <gasps> Good boy. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. He caught me at the wrong moment. Then all my friends really thought, oh, that wasn't awkward. Have you seen him since that, though? They're getting married the next month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, it's a, the, the most rom com meet cute I've ever heard. The wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, So I'm not alone in this. Am I alone in this? You're not alone, but I was saying I have it completely the opposite, where I've been like low level in the papers and on TV enough that people know my face, but they don't really know who I am unless they're super into classical music. So I get like loads of people my mum's age who come up to me and assume that I'm friends with their children. So they'll be like, ah, oh, so good to see you. How are you? Bridget's skiing. I'm like, who the fuck is Bridget? But like, I just go along with it because then I think that I have met them in some sort of work capacity. Yeah. Or my, my personal favorite. So speaking of mums who do that, I was, uh, I was walking, I think out of here actually once with my mum or into here. And we bumped into um, Louisa Redknapp. Oh, and yeah. My, and my mum went, darling, how are you? So good to see you. How's life? And as we walked away, and I was just cringing because I knew exactly what had happened. And as we were walking away, my mum went, oh, your little friends are so lovely. What's her name again? I was like, mum, that's Louise Redknapp. She was like, oh, good God. But to be fair, Louise was so nice about it. She was just like, hi, good to see you too. Oh, bless Louise. I did that with um, Grant Bovey once, Ooh. Anthea Turner's ex-husband. I just sort of like waved at him in Harvey Nichols. And then as I was waving and smiling, remembered I only knew him from the cover of and Hello. Or you're like, yeah. But he smiled. My friend did it to Sting. Oh, wow. <laughs> Literally. He was like, oh, oh hi, hi. And then I went, why are you saying hello to Sting? Like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah but bad. I don't take it personally when people don't remember me because I don't remember anyone. I'm just so I kind of figure it's karma I don't in my it, case. I don't take it like, yeah, you just. Yeah, I do. I don't, I don't take it yeah. personally, but like I know what you mean about when you've met people like three or four times. The thing is, maybe once, sure, once, like whatever. But when you've spent several, for me, it's like press trips and you've, you've hung out with these sort of other people like so many times and they're just like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And I'm like, I, we've, we've met like four times. Yeah. But like I go the other way, like mainly, mainly it's because when you arrive and I'm sober, maybe if I was five drinks, five drinks down, I'd be like, yeah, you're a dick. <laughs> We've met loads of times. I can't imagine you doing that. I can imagine James doing that, but I can't imagine you doing it. 100%. Well, I'm glad you got me on this one, Camilla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But also, I am aware it's one of those things I need to get over. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things that really gets on my nerves, but it's also a bit like, come on, just check your fucking attitude. That's annoying. That one guy sounds annoying. I feel like when it's that one guy... I mean, it's definitely his stuff. Yeah, this one guy that we will not name, but yeah, he's Call a dick. something else. Just go, hi, David. Nice to see you. I think do he's it, just, I think he's psyching you out. I think he is. Yeah. You Don't think I'm important enough to him. <laughs> Look him deeply in the eyes, aggressively shake his hand, be like, Roger, how are you doing? Good to see you. Well, look, if you are sat, yeah, if, you are s- <laughs> if you sat at home or anywhere in the world listening to us and you're thinking, James, I get really fucked off when people forget my name, uh, do send us an email. Uh, as you know, we love hearing from you. Uh, and those of you that do get in touch, we will give you a little shout out. And in fact, we've got a little email uh, this week from uh, a fellow country, well, a country woman of mine, dare I say it, uh, Molly, Molly Griffiths, you said, hi, Joe and James, I love listening to your podcast on my way to classes or on the bus or tube. You definitely make London life 
life feel a lot less lonely for this student. Um, it's super nice to hear James's Welsh accent. As a fellow Welshie, feels like a home from home. Uh, love the podcast and your guests. Oh, Molly, thank you so much for listening. And uh, like I said, uh, if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. The email address is isitjustmepodcast at gmail.com. So I want to talk about the fact that it seems like it's, is it just me that has no aspirations of moving to the countryside at all? Is it literally just me? No, it is not just you. When you're tired of London, you're tired of life. Like, who are you? Well, I I can definitely see me getting tired of London, but I don't think, I think I'd go mental if I didn't live in a city. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to that phase now, haven't we? Kind of early 30s. You you have, you've got to that phase. (laughs) Where kind of all our friends, a lot of them are all having... your friends. <laughs> you be quiet, take the mic off. <laughs> where a lot of them are having kids and kind of going to that, need a bit more land, a bit more space for them, extra bedroom, all that kind of stuff. And everyone's kind of moving to the country, moving out of London and you get to the weekend and we're like, oh, should we go for a drink or go see a mate? And there's no one around there's anymore. There's no one around. It's <laughs> just us around. and our yeah. dog. Do you think you should take a hint from that? Oh, God. Yeah. 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 No, I think I, what I don't understand is this idea that the countryside is somehow some sort of idealistic nirvana where nothing bad happens and the air's fresher and everybody's nicer and I just don't get it. Can I be honest? So when Mm. we was at music, I was at music college, right? So musicians are typically fairly debauched group. I grew up in the suburbs and I mean, we spent our weekends at the cinema swimming sometimes we'd have sleepovers there would be the occasional house party i mean it's just like sid vicious right i'm crazy yeah but like there would be occasional house party there would always be a parent my friends who grew up in the countryside had nothing to do they had to make their own fun house parties drugs sex alcohol and that is completely bar none like my countryside friends are crazy i completely agree with you i grew up in the suburbs not quite urban not quite rural yeah my parents decided to move to the country when my sister was very young and out of the four of us she's the one who would go out on a fririday night and maybe come home on a monday you know what I mean? it's like you know and i think that because it, it's more boring in the country well, also it's, so they it's get diff- up to more to worse it's difficult to get places like i would yeah. get the bus and then i'd be at the swimming pool like if in the country if you don't drive you can't get anywhere really you're basically stranded yeah yeah, uh, yeah it's a funny one this because i'm kind of i mean obviously in the, in the ideal world you'd have both wouldn't you? you'd have the best of both worlds you'd have like enough money <laughs> yeah because yeah. i I, mean, I recently went to the lake district because you know my friends of mine actually this is interesting my friends actually have recently moved back from la and they've moved from la to like the lake district which is quite it's quite extreme y- yeah. yeah um but where they live i mean it did help it was quite a lovely weekend of weather um but you know it was very idyllic it literally did not look and but what it didn't amazed me was there were like two Michelin starred restaurants there was like these incredible like actual like designer shops but we're talking about like the Lake District we're not yeah, talking true. about somewhere just outside yeah Scum. no that, <laughs> that is true but I think there is there is this idea as well isn't there that it's very black and white city is amazing and countryside is like bumpkins and, and I guess I think the, the, the lots of places outside of London have obviously come on in leaps and bounds I think but I, I do agree with you I, I still feel like I have no problem if people wanted to move to the countryside. I think my issue with people who move to the countryside, I think what tends to happen now is, is the people that do it have a slight snobbery or a bit of a, oh, it's much better and you will eventually grow out of your Lon- your London ways. And you're, well, to look down on you a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit like, oh, well, when you eventually grow up and want to be an adult, you'll get a nice, you know, proper like <laughs> a mansion house in the countryside and, and where there are good schools. And, and it's that thing as well, like, I don't know if you've noticed this, James, when people on Instagram and they might sort of 
of like hashtag their commute to school and it's like a beautiful country road and a gorgeous sort of like Do you know what they're not field. commuting? They're fucking, they're not, they're not posting as their commute to fucking work. Yeah, I know. Hours. Well, exactly. But there's always, and there's always a bit of a, oh, sorry to all my London friends, but this is my commute. I'm like, I, just but I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. Pigeon, like, yeah. Uh, I always think yeah. in the summer, it'd be nice to be in the country. Like are you, are are you guys going to get your version of Beckingham Palace? <laughs> we'll get a smaller shit know. in there. Right. <laughs> we might need a bit more money, I think, yeah. <laughs> but I always think like in the summer, you've got weekends there, it's nice and hot and you can relax. I think in the winter, it's you know what? a little bit different. Brute. I, I mean, imagine the gas bill. Oh, yeah. We're really lucky. Like My parents had a bit of a joint midlife crisis and moved to this this place that I thought was condemned. Turns out it wasn't. It was the house in Sussex. So like we have that to go to and they've got loads of land and they've got like these rescue ponies and rescue chickens. It's crazy. And then Chris's mum has, she's she's in a village. She's in a village, not just crazy country like my parents, but there's like a pool and a really nice garden. So we kind of have that to escape to. So you have the best of both worlds. Yeah, but also, do you know what? Well, you go to a friend and let some move out and some in London. Yeah. Do you know what? I think one of the reasons our relationship works is because we're both a teeny tiny bit Peter Panish. Like I think, (laughs) so we got engaged after four years, which is I guess quite a long time. And then it took us another three and a half to get around to getting married like neither of us really want to grow up and I feel like moving out of London feels so grown up like I can't yeah. even imagine having kids. Growing up is so overrated. It really so, is. I mean, Hang on we to those pizza pants. Do you yeah. remember when you were a kid and you're like, I'm going to eat whatever I want and do whatever I want? You can do nothing. Yeah. You, you have to do all the boring stuff. Yeah. It's really upsetting. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, you know, playing the, that sort of card, but I think, yeah, obviously do what, what makes you happy, but I just think don't feel that need to make other people feel bad about their choices. But I do kind of agree with you because a similar thing happened to me where lots of my friends suddenly vanished because they all moved. But I guess there's a very real cost issues now if you decide to have kids sadly you know you can't really afford to do that in london can you that's the simple truth of the matter but it's a shame shoehorn them in it's like, <laughs> they're like tetris bunk kids, beds. kids are only little you know you can just put them in a corner bunk beds that's a solution don't move just, just under the stairs with a mars bar For, do you know what i used to love it under the stairs parenting 101 right there stairs mars bar <laughs> yeah. and you know maybe netflix <laughs> yeah if you spoil them <laughs> yeah, it's very easy. Very easy parenting. Let me tell you, kids. You're not one of those no screen mums then? No. I'm I don't not. really trust people like that. No, I mean, you know, it's like, do you remember when you went to school and there was that one kid who'd never watched TV? Oh, that was like, me. Was it? That was oh, me. sorry. Always a bit strange. Oh, awkward, oh, awkward backtrack. They backtrack. do always turn out a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Camilla. Yeah, I, I don't me. trust them. <laughs> Just marry them, Chris. Is, <laughs> is that because you're in New Zealand and they didn't have any uh, TVs? They're like, they're <laughs> <laughs> Very dare you. Do you know what? I'd rather have no TV than giant snakes everywhere. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> no, I think we got a TV when I was about eight and it was the most exciting day of my Aww. life. <laughs> well, on that note, before the Aussies and the Kiwis start... <laughs> I'll win. I have Chris on my side. You do. Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. They win. (laughs) Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I mean, this might be just me. Yeah. I mean, it literally might. Is it just me who just I've tried and I just don't understand the show Pointless. Chris is just looking at me with abject horror. But I don't know if we got the space to explain it now to a feeble mind. Well, I think Chris is a fan, so you can give it. A, I do like Pointless. <laughs> have you been on it? Have you been on Celebrity Pointless? They've not asked you. I don't think I'll be do too well, to be honest. Yeah, we wouldn't do well. You must get you must must get asked to do a lot of those kind of things. Though, no. Maybe not as many as you'd think. We, I think we get we get asked to do a lot, but a lot of them we definitely would. You're a mastermind. Do. Oh, I won celebrity mastermind. Oh well, hello. I bet three dudes. I beat three dudes, and two of them were middle aged. See I was now, so proud. can I say about celebrity mastermind? The rules are easy to understand. Yeah, but do you know what? They're not easy to understand and pointless. <laughs> I mean. I think you just haven't given. I just don't think Joe's given it enough of her time to actually get her head around it. So you're saying as I'm really stupid. That's what. You're <laughs> it takes dedication to get into pointless. I mean, Chris got me into That's pointless. something I lack. I don't. Even, no, greatly. I don't think it's dedication. I just think it's a couple of afternoons here on the sofa. You know, this, is, this is the life of a rugby player. He gets home at 3 p.m. every day and lies on the sofa and watches daytime. Yeah. But see, yeah. he's been telling us it's hard work, but it's, it's not, lying. is it? Yeah. Well, no, it's 5.15 yeah. pointless, I think. 5.15. So, you do but, a full day's work. But basically, there's a ma- what makes me laugh about pointless is there's a massive, uh, without, <laughs> without being really mean to celebrities, there's a massive difference between regular pointless and celebrity pointless. Do you not have not noticed that? Like Some of the questions for like celebrity pointless are like, come on, dudes. No, but seriously... Give me the potted sort of like so. Basically, you've got to pick an answer that nobody picks. Yeah, yeah. Say, That's uh, the whole. Say, thing. It's kind. It's kind of the opposite of family fortune. Yeah. You so don't go for the obvious. Here and you have to say, give us something that could be in an office. Yeah. So a table or a desk would probably be a ten. Yeah. Or say we plan out. So if I said a a, a poisonous snake. That would be the best answer. Well, I feel it's like probably not in an office. So maybe right. Not. So that would not. That but would it would be surprising, right? Depends what office. No, but it has yeah, to suppose, actually yeah. be in an office. We live in England now. I'd argue that point no to, the death, to the death. To the death. Well, you, you're getting there, though, with the idea. Yeah. She's kind of getting there. You're kind of getting there. Maybe if you said like a succulent. Suc- yes. For example, there might be succulents. So you cannot say succulent on our podcast. Moist. It's rude. I said moist on your podcast. Oh, she's kidding. <laughs> I went there. Moist. <laughs> what, is, what is your guilty TV pleasure then, guys? What, what is the one thing, you know, you're slightly embarrassed or feel a bit dirty watching? And I'm, sorry, man, I'm not talking about actual porn here. I'm talking about actual... Like, <laughs> That's just fun. That's just a Tuesday night. What do we watch a lot of? Our flatmates trying to make us watch Love Island. Oh, are you uh, resisting? I watched the first four episodes last year just because I was having a quiet week and, you know, she wanted to watch it downstairs. She didn't want to be banished to her room to watch it. And it was like compulsive viewing, but I have a life and it's an hour a night. Yeah, it I is. I have an hour It is quite consuming. I mean, I, so this week I have 
three nighttime rehearsals and well rehearsals that go into night and two performances so when am i going to watch it yeah also, true. the people are awful <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like half the fun though but um so yeah but you see so you, you don't go down that kind of reality tv like, route. Uh, tv shows you like so. a chick flick Chris killing Lester Eve. Ooh, oh, killing Eve. Eve. Big Little Lies. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh. hang on. I, we can't gloss over the fact. Did you just say that Chris likes a chick flick? He loves a chick flick. What's I your favourite? Like I haven't seen a chick flick in a while, though. When we first got together, he told me his favourite film was The Notebook, and I did laugh at him. Aww. I think I read that in GQ or something. He, he also, well, that's the way to get chicks. Yeah. He also wore a, he also <laughs> wore so a, fl- a fluffy jumper because he read that if you wear a fluffy jumper, women are more likely to want to cuddle Oh, my you. God, was he carrying a puppy at the time and a, and a box of milk tray <laughs> while asking if you wanted flowers. to watch The Notebook? <laughs> <laughs> DVD. No, it's probably video. And it tape. worked, Camilla. It really did. Like hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Um, but I mean, obviously, you said you have to be in bed early. So, but do you guys ever? When was the last sort of crazy night out you guys had? Then Chris is off season, so like every night. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. We do have them every now and then, don't we? Do you know, um, we kind of save them up. Like, it, I think so. I turn. I'm thirty now. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Oh I'm over dear. <laughs> I mean, but I remember. You know, when you were like twenty one, you could just go on. No, I can't remember that at all. <laughs> I can't remember it was that only at seven all. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. But like, you could just go out and just smash it every night and. Like now, I would rather, I would genuinely rather like go for a nice meal, have a glass of wine. Like one of my friends, we were just in Croatia and one of my friends was in Ibiza at the same time and she was texting me saying, oh, what's going on Going on in Croatia? Is there like some big sort of festival? I was like, I'm sat on the beach have, and I have a glass of wine. I'm married. You may as well just move to the country. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's creeping yeah. up on you, Camilla, whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> sort out the pool room, the double glazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? You'll have, you have a lovely shed for you. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, he has a shed already. His brother's ruined it. Oh, is it a man cave or is it just a shed? No, it's a shed. He wouldn't be able to get in it. Is that it's where he has his, his brother tried to get in it, which is why it's ruined. It's just yeah. like he retreats to there to have his private time watching The Notebook. Comes <laughs> <laughs> out weeping. Miss con- congeniality. <laughs> to be fair, we both love Miss Congeniality. Uh, well, who doesn't? Um, yeah, we, so we, basically- we go hard. We go hard. But like we go hard maybe like once a month and it'll be something good. Like we're going hard for pride. We yeah. always go hard. Like last year, we went to Sink the Pink, and I think Chris Chris's eyes were opened in Sink the Pink. I think there's a big difference between going to a pride pride event or a pride parade and going to actual Sink the Pink. You enjoyed it, didn't you? Uh, Did you dress up, some, Chris? I saw some things I hadn't seen before. <laughs> Let's leave it like that. Sorry. Yeah, he's quite popular. And quite close to me. Yeah. I was going to uh, say. I'm following him around. It was it was creepy. I can <laughs> imagine. Yeah, gosh, you probably, you probably made a lot of gay men very happy on that. Uh, I mean, visibly happy. happy. Yeah, I bet. Visibly happy. The gift of pride, Chris Robertson. <laughs> hoping to God now that James is not Chris's Me Too story from <laughs> Sink the Pink. I was not there. I genuinely was not me. I was not there. <laughs> Uh, but anyway guys we are pretty much out of time but thank you so much for coming to join us this week for being our first ever couple on Is It Just Me well I think this is actually our first ever couple interview isn't it oh wow well we hope we made it very painless for you no it's it's not first couples podcast though yes podcast we popped your couple pod cherry exactly exactly we're back at Sick the Pink suddenly (laughs) (laughs) it's all coming back and I still don't understand pointless but thanks a lot guys thanks a lot yeah thanks for coming in guys good luck with everything Uh, happy anniversary once again Uh, and yeah thanks all for listening and we'll be back next week take care bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.